0: Well, how are you guys doing this morning? That was a really short video. That was not enough time for us. Right, Blaine? We're working on it. You guys doing well? Okay. All right. You guys ready for Christmas? Do you realize that uh, Christmas, I don't want to put anybody into a frenzy or a panic, but uh, do you realize that Christmas is um, next week? Do you guys realize that? Okay. Yeah. It's like here. So get all the stuff you need to get done. Um there we go. Get all the stuff you need to get done, get all the shopping, the, the food, the gifts, all that stuff, um, your plans, get them all set, ready to go. Uh, here at Grace, um, we, for us as a staff, this is probably our biggest time of the year. Part of it is because of Kalahari, which AJ was just talking about. But the other part is that uh, our Christmas services, our Christmas weekend, is our biggest services uh, out of the year. And so we are so excited uh, for next week. Um, We are going to have four services. We have two on Sunday morning, normal times, just what you guys are all used to, but we also have two on Christmas Eve, and that will be at 3 and 4.30, and so we want to encourage you guys to come on out. Our Christmas services will be excellent this year, and I know Blaine, the music team, everybody's everybody's excited about it, so um, can't wait to see you guys next week. And because it's so big, uh, we have created a Facebook group, and as you all have known, know because. Um, I've talked about it. I'm not a real big Facebook guy. I don't get on Facebook all that much. But um, we have a Facebook event. And so if everybody would, if you have a Facebook, if you have the Facebook app on your phone, go ahead and pull that phone out real quick. All right, pull it out. All right. Um, click the Facebook app. Let's see if I got this. Click the app. And you can search Christmas at Grace. If you search Christmas at Grace, you will see um, some of our event. You'll see the event. Click the Tiffin Campus. And uh, you can click, I believe you can you can press interested, or click, I guess not press, but click interested, and then you can also click going, and then the third thing I'd like you to do is click share, okay, three things. Basically, I believe, uh, this is what I'm told, that'll tell all your buddies that this is the place to be. For next Christmas for next weekend for Christmas for Christmas weekend. so if you would do that, I'm giving you permission to play around on your phone while I'm talking. all right that will never ever happen again. Um, and so so go ahead and do that. That'll be excellent. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we are excited about next week. It should be awesome. Uh, last week we started a brand new series called Christmas Changes Everything. And uh, we all totally understand. We're all in the same boat here. We've all heard the Christmas story. We've heard the Christmas story a million times. We heard it. We were taught the Christmas story. We were just, you know, toddlers. Okay, we've heard it. We hear it. We're reminded about it multiple times, you know, every year, especially at this time uh, in the year. And for us, I think for a lot of us, it's just kind of become a fairy tale to us. Okay, it's just a story. It becomes just a story. It doesn't become relevant really for our lives. And uh, what... I wanted to do this year uh, for Christmas, uh, for this Christmas season, is I wanted to look at parts of the story that I feel like we, as a culture, and, and we even as Christians, because we're in this culture, um, that we often uh, overlook, that we, that we kind of have grown up hearing about, but we, we kind of ignore. All right, last week we talked about the backstory. And we went back 750 years before Jesus was born to a time where Israel, everything was not going well. The, king, the kingdom of Israel, you know, it, it, was just, it was just sad. People were coming in, you know, killing people. It was just a terrible, terrible, terrible time for Israel. And uh, God sends a messenger to the nation of Israel. His name's Isaiah, and he comes in. He comes on the scene, and he's just like, hey, uh, just want to let you know, God wants me to tell you that, uh, that he's going to send a Savior for you. He's going to send somebody uh, that's going to save you as a nation. What the people didn't really understand that God meant so much more. He was, this Savior was actually going to save them for eternity from their sins. And so these Jewish people have been waiting for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years for this, for this uh, baby uh, who is going to be the Emmanuel, which just means God with us, this baby who's going to be the Messiah, which means Savior, that, that would save them as a nation. And so for hundreds and hundreds of years, the Jews have been waiting for this baby who is going to change everything, who is going to change the world. And then one quiet night, it happens, right? right? Jesus is born. He's born to a couple of young, poor parents um, he's born, he happens to be born uh, in a barn because, because everything was booked up in Bethlehem uh, because of a census. We'll actually talk more about that uh, next week, about Mary and Joseph and how all that uh, happened but uh it really Jesus was born in the complete opposite like way that any of the Jewish people that have been waiting for hundreds of years thought would would ever happen. I mean, it's the exact opposite of what they thought. I mean, uh a, a baby the the Messiah should be born into royalty and or at least to some sort of leading ruler um in the in society, and it should be born in a palace. You know, none of that happened. Okay, it was the exact opposite. And uh and so this morning, what I want to do is I want to skip forward to really right after Jesus' birth, and, uh, and it's a part of the Christmas story that we all know, and it's in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at verse 8. It says this, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at, their night, at night over their flocks. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. All right, can you picture this? It's interesting, Luke, he has, uh, right before this, he's talking about Mary and Joseph. He talks about Jesus being born. He, who, Luke's the one who's telling this story. And, uh, but then he quickly shifts focus to these guys, all right, to shepherds, all right? It's kind of weird because shepherds in society, um, they were one of the lowest in society. Uh, they weren't anything special by any means. I mean, to be a shepherd is like you're just kind of starting off. Um, no religious person or no leader in society would ever come close to a shepherd because a shepherd was considered dirty and was considered unclean, and so you didn't want to mix that w- with them. Uh, shepherds were poor; they didn't have much. They lived outside. They were just kind of everyday, not nothing special about them. People, okay, and uh, and these shepherds, they're out in their fields. They're watching their flock of sheep. And uh, these guys are like the third shift guys. How many of you have, you, you've worked third shift or maybe you work third shift now, okay? So you, you get it. That's what these guys, I mean, they, they're the ones who stay up all night. Their job basically is just to, to wash the sheep, which doesn't seem like it'd be that hard of a job um, to me, but I don't know. Um, but so they're just watching the sheep, making sure no one's stealing sheep or making sure that there's no wild animals um, messing with their sheep. But, uh, but so that's, that's their thing. And so they're just kind of doing their thing. They're doing their normal thing. And then suddenly, bam, angel appears right in front of them. And it says, the glory of the Lord shone around them. I don't 100% understand. We don't know exactly what that is. I don't know if that's like, you know, billowing smoke or if it's just like, maybe it's just fog. Or maybe it's just light. Or I don't know if it's fire or what it is. But the glory of the Lord, Lord it's shown around them. I mean, it's, it, they're surrounded by this. And these guys are terrified. All right, they're terrified, out of their mind. Actually, the Greek word here um, is phobos, which it is doubled down, which basically is where we get the word phobia from, which makes sense. And uh, what Luke does here is he states this word, and then he restates it with a mega added to it, okay? That's a little Greek, tiny little Greek for you. But basically, it's like Luke is saying this. He's saying, hey, these guys were afraid, plus they were exceedingly mega afraid, okay? I mean... These guys are, they're as terrified as you could possibly be. And why? Well, it's because this angel suddenly shows up in the brilliance of God's glory right in front of them. And they're shocked and they're panicked and they don't know what to do and they don't know what's going to happen to them. It's funny to me, you know, I'll talk to people um, and uh, they'll come up and, you know, they'll start talking to me about angels and uh, some people, you know, they'll say, well, you know, it'll be the, well, my, uh, my loved one has passed away and I know he is, uh, is watching over me. He's, he's the, an angel now and he's watching over me, maybe my guardian angel. You know, um, th- that is not what the Bible tells us. All right, it's not. We don't get to turn into angels someday. We live forever. We get to go to heaven, but we don't, we don't get to turn into, into angels. Or we view angels as like these fluffy, you know, winged, like, uh, like super kind, gentle beings, right? They're warm. I don't know. They got this like ring thing over their head. I don't know where that came from. Um, this ring of light. I don't know what that is. Uh, but they got this thing over their head. Or we view them as like, I don't know, naked babies like Cupid, and they're shooting Arrows of love, you know, flying around, just doing their thing. That's how we view, view angels. Or they're playing a harp, um, or, and, and whenever you see a picture of an angel, for some reason they're wearing a dress. Don't know what that's all about, but it's like, that's how we view angels. But that is not how angels are, are um, described in the Bible. Almost every time we see angels and humans interact in the Bible, the common denominator is fear right it is freaky these uh, angels they freak they freak people out it is terrifying and that's what these shepherds are experiencing they don't know what's going on they don't know what's going to you know what to do they don't know what's going to happen to them they don't want, know what this angel wants and let's be let's be honest i mean the sheep are probably scattering off i mean if the angels are terrified the sheep are gone or not the angels the shepherds are terrified them sheep They're gone. They're not there anymore. They're scattering off. And uh, the angel starts to talk to them. And the angel said to them, "'Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger.' And suddenly there is a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel and praising God. And they're all saying that glory to God in the highest, in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people that he favors. All right, so these angels, they begin talking uh, to these shepherds. And the first thing they're like, hey, whoa, 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 don't freak out. All right, don't be afraid. They say, fear not. You know, I actually have good news for you. Don't you like it? When, uh, when someone starts a conversation with you, they're like, hey, I got, I got some good news, right? We're all like, yeah. Or they say, hey, I got, I got some good news for you. We want to hear it. The, the angels are saying, hey, I, we have, or I have such great news to tell you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be terrified. And the news is this, that on this very night in the city of David, which is Bethlehem, it's the town that David was born in, he says, a Savior has been born for you. Notice that they don't say, hey, a Savior's been born for Israel. woohoo!" <laughs> or a Savior's been born for us. All right, angel doesn't say that. Or the Savior's been born for God. No, the, sa- the angel says, hey, a Savior has been born for you. And he's already said that this is good news for all the people. He's like, hey, for you guys, for, for you humans. And here's a sign. The sign will be, you will find this baby wrapped tightly in cloth, which is normal. But he will be lying in a manger. Now, these shepherds are already terrified. All right, they're already confused. And they're probably all thinking, like, whoa, could this be? Like, like, is this, a, is this the Messiah that we've been waiting for for hundreds of years that our ancestors and their ancestors and theirs, that they've, all been, that they've all been waiting for? Is this the one? And then they're probably all thinking in their minds, they're probably all, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you just say manger? You're saying that this king, this Messiah, he's lying in a, in a manger? I mean, a manger's just just a feeding trough, okay? That's not something that you lay your, you know, you wouldn't lay your child in your dog bowl. You know, your dog's bowl. You wouldn't do that. All right? And these shepherds, ironically, all right, a manger is probably something that, you know, it's like an everyday tool for these guys. And so they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The, the baby's lying in a manger? You know, what's up with that? That's not how we pictured the Messiah coming into this world. That doesn't make any sense. You know, what's up with that? And so naturally... There's just a bunch of men, just a bunch of normal guys. It says, when the angels had left them, they returned to heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, they say, let's go straight to Bethlehem. All right, let's go check it out. Let's see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. All right, so these guys, they, they hear this message from the angels, and of like any normal guy, they're just like, I don't know, let's go check it out. All right, let's go see. Have you ever had that when um, you know something uh, exciting is, let's say, is going on, and you want to be a part of it, I mean, right? I mean, don't we usually, we want to, at least we want to see what's happening. Um, I uh, was sitting at home last Saturday watching the Big Ten Championship game, go Buckeyes, and um, I'm sitting there, and, and I, I live in Green Springs. Green Springs, nothing happens in Green Springs. It's a one-stop-light town, okay? If you don't know anything about Green Springs, just know know that. There's like only a few houses and I live in one of them. And, uh, and so I'm sitting there in my living room watching the game and all of a sudden I hear a bunch of horns, car horns honking and, um, and I hear a bunch of yelling going on. And so I'm like, something's happening because it's like 9.30, almost 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, something's happening. That's not a normal sound, maybe for New York, but not in, not in Green Springs, Ohio. And so I listen to it for about five minutes and it doesn't go away. And so I'm like, I want to see, you know, I want to see what's happening. So I jump in my car, I drive to downtown Green Springs, which is only like two blocks away, and it's only like four buildings. And uh, there's a gas station down there too. And I drive down there, and uh, it is the, the Clyde football team. Okay, let me say this, the Clyde Green Springs football team, all right, uh, driving through downtown because they had just won state. Now, before I mention this, I have to say that Tiffin did beat Clyde in the regular season. And so Tiffin did beat the state champs. Appreciate that, Judd. I'm not a big Clyde fan. It's a long story. But, uh, but anyway, so I go down there and I just want to see what's happening. And so it's the, they're, they're kind of parading through town, right? But I, I know something's going on, and I don't want to miss the excitement. Okay, I didn't even know what it was. That's kind of what's going on here with the shepherds. they are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Something is happening in Bethlehem. The angel has just ter- told us. And so let's go check this out. Right, let's, go, let's go see these guys. Let's go see what's happening. And so they go in verse 16. It says they hurried off. Okay, so they're like, I don't know if they're running or what. Um, they, they hurried off and they found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger, which is so weird. After seeing them, they reported the message that they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them, or she was, she was thinking about them. So the shepherds, they hear this good news from the angels. They hear this message. So they go check it out. And it happens to be true. See, usually, when we hear the Christmas story, I feel like, you know, I think a lot of times we overemphasize the messenger. We think of the angel, angels uh, giving them this message, um, and, and the angel, you know, who delivers this message to these shepherds out in the field. But the shepherds, they heard the message from the angels, and, and, and it not, wasn't necessarily the angels who were giving the message. Let me say this. The angels give the message to the shepherds, but the shepherds are the ones who who give the message to everybody else. Have have you ever noticed that before? It's the shepherds who tell everybody else. We miss that part a lot. That's what verse 17 says that we just read. After seeing them, they reported the message that they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Sure, the angels were the first messengers, but the shepherds were the main messengers for the Christmas story. See, I feel like besides reading the Bible ourselves, which is is good and something we should all be doing, and the Bible doesn't change, but God's plan today is that we hear God's news or we hear God's message Through ordinary and flawed messengers. Right? By the way, that doesn't mean that the message is flawed. But we totally understand that we, as God's messengers, are flawed. See, uh, when we first hear the good news, when we first hear the message, basically of what Jesus has done, that Jesus came to earth and that he died, or that he, he was born and, uh, on Christmas and, and he ended up living a perfect life, and then he later died on the cross for us, that, that message that God has given us. And when we hear that message for the first time from a family member, or maybe it was from a friend, I don't, you know, don't know where you guys are all at with that, but it's easy for us to focus on the flaws of the messenger. Have you noticed that before? Where it's like, we don't like being told when we're wrong with something. We don't like people uh, pointing things out in our life. And so for us, it's a lot easier to, to look at the messenger and we start poking out the flaw or pointing out the flaws and then like, who is this guy to tell me that I have issues? Or who is this guy to tell me that I don't have a relationship with God or that I am not right with God? See, to most of us, God sends normal, average, flawed people, kind of like the shepherds in our life, to tell us the good news. And it usually isn't something miraculous like angels, right? Which is probably a good thing. I mean, it's not as terrifying for us. That's good but it's also a lot easier just to dismiss the message. See, maybe for a lot of us, um, we've heard the message and we've heard the good news of what Jesus has done for us and, we've, and, and, and we believe it and, and we have that relationship with God, but, but it's like so we've heard it so many times that it doesn't bring joy to us like it should anymore. It just doesn't. It's almost like we've become numb to it. We've just gotten used to it. On Friday night, I... Uh, uh, AJ and Marissa came over. Kate and I had AJ and Marissa over. And uh, AJ walks into my, my dining room and he points to this, This actually we have this birdcage that, let me explain. We have this birdcage that hangs from the ceiling in our dining room and off in the corner. And he, he's like, what's that? And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot that was there. I literally have not noticed that thing for years. And it's actually something I think, um, I think people put cards in at our wedding and when we got married, we didn't have anything to like decorate the house. And I think, I don't know who did it, but someone just hung that there and it's been there ever since. And so it just hangs from our ceiling. It's this square bird cage. There's no bird, all right? Because you know, I don't like birds. I would never have a bird, all right? But uh, it just sits there empty and I think it even says cards on it, all right? And I'm looking at that and I'm like, oh yeah, all right, I'm in this room you know, it's the dining room, right? You're in the dining room multiple, multiple times every single day. You eat in there. You walk through there. You know, it's, it's an important room of the house, and you're in there all the time, and, and I'm in there all the time, and I have not noticed this thing, hanging, this cage hanging from the ceiling in there for years. See, I think a lot of times that's how we view, um, we view the gospel, or review this message that, that the angels first give to the shepherds and the same message that the shepherds tell everyone else. I knew it was there. I knew that cage was there. I just didn't think about it much, and I didn't ever notice it. We've gotten completely used to it. See, this message that a lot of us in here, that we've just gotten used to, is the most important message that we could ever have. It's the most important message that we could ever tell somebody. It's the most important news that, we, that has ever been stated, that a Savior who was born for who? For us. And he lived and he died for who? For, for us. It's the best news we could ever hear. And after a while, I feel like we just... we just become numb to it, and we don't have that joy. Actually, the shepherds give us a great example of the reaction that we should have from this news, and it says, the shepherds return. So they go back to their fields. It says, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. So these shepherds go back, and their reaction is, hey, they start glorifying, and they start praising God. That is their reaction to this good news. They had joy in their life, and they just, I don't know, they just couldn't contain it. It It overfilled. It was something that people could tell, and so they're telling people the message, and they're worshiping God along the way. And that's the way that we should live our lives. See, those of us who are Christians, which isn't everybody in here, and some of you guys, you know, you, you're not a Christian, you know you're not a Christian, and, and you're not really interested maybe, or maybe you're, you're looking, but you know that you've never made that decision Okay, we got, you know, I'll be talking more about that next week. Um, and then others of you, you think that you have a relationship with God, and the honest truth is you don't. You have almost tricked yourself into thinking that it's all good with God, but you've never surrendered your life. You've never given your life 100% completely over to God. You've kept part back for you to control. But then for the rest of you, that you've, you've made that decision to follow to follow Jesus, you you believe that God has died for you and, and you've you've surrendered yourself over to God. Bible says you got a job to do. We have a job to do. See, we we're the messengers now. Jesus, the last thing he says before he goes back up to heaven after, after he dies, he's saying, hey, guess what? Um, I have a job for you. I want you to be the messengers. You need to go tell people the good news, this good news that, that these angels first tell the shepherds on this very night. I mean, think about it. What if the shepherds heard this news, heard this message from the angels, and then they were like, oh, and the angel leaves, and they're like, okay, cool. Well, let's go gather up all the sheep. They don't go to Bethlehem. They don't tell anybody else. I mean, how messed up would that be? But the reality is a lot of us are really in that position. We have the message. We've been told the message, but we choose because it's awkward and because, you know, because, you know, we don't know how to say things right. What if they ask a question that I don't know how to answer? You know, we have all these excuses that we just dump on ourselves to to make it, to make, really, it's just to make us feel better but a lot of us, we just keep the message to ourselves. But that's not what the shepherds do. See, this news was, is too good to just keep to ourselves. This message is too good to not have it show up in our life. This message is too good for us to not have joy, real joy in our life. And there is no better time of year to share that message with others than now. 100%, hands down. I mean, that's why we've been doing the you've been gifted thing. Why? Because this is the best time of year. Right? For some reason, I don't know why this is, but for some reason, people are most responsive to that message or to that good news now, during the Christmas season. So you've been gifted thing. It's not about buying people a tank of gas or, or, um, or buying somebody's lunch. All right, that alone does nothing to help anybody, not really, okay? A tank of gas and one tank in their entire life, you know, that just doesn't do much. It's the message that goes along with it that can change someone's life. See, it's about sharing the message. That's why we have those little cards to give, to, to invite them to our church, and maybe, they could come, maybe they'll come to one of our uh, Christmas services. And, and we as a church, we as a church, we've seen this work, even here in Tiffin. Let me read to you one story. This is a lady in our church who's one of our rock star volunteers now. And she says this. She says, About five years ago, before I began attending Grace, I was raising four children by myself, and I was caring for my two nieces as well as my own two children. I remember I was at Kroger and adding up the groceries in my cart, and I didn't quite have enough money for the items. And so I put the peanut butter back on the shelf. I was really struggling trying to make ends meet and, and it was then that a little boy walked around the corner and he handed me a $20 bill with a card that said, you've been gifted on it. I wanted to cry. I knew that it was God who sent that little boy my way. I never heard of grace back then and today I am a grateful member of grace and able to give back to my community in the same way that I was blessed that day. This is a lady, this is a family family. Kids come here from Tiffin. Probably the person who, probably the little boy who gave her the "You've Been Gifted" card five years ago, probably still comes here to Tiffin. Right? Still is part of our church here. See, here's just one example of someone who came to grace and heard this message and heard this good news. Just one example. See, we have seen this work. All because somebody in our church decided to sacrifice a $20 bill. And because of that, this lady heard that message. She came to grace. And it has completely changed her life as well as her kids. Guys, there is no better time out of the entire year, there's no better week to share that message than this week, the week before Christmas. And so that's my challenge to you. It's my challenge to all of us. I'm included in this. AJ's included. Blaine's included. Okay, we're all, we're all in this together because we're a church family. This is what God has called us to be. We're supposed to make an impact on our community. And so my challenge for you and my challenge for us is for us to invite people to church next Sunday and next Christmas Eve. That means you got to go to a couple different services and because you got families going to then go to, a, you know, bite the bullet and uh, go to a couple different services. Remember, you are the messenger. You've been gifted things, that's just a tool to help you do it. See, this news that we have, this message that we have, it changes our lives. If you have that relationship with God, you know that to be true because it has changed your life. It turns our fear, like what the shepherd said, it turns that into joy, complete opposite. Right? This message that we have, like the angel said, it is good news. It is great news. And that's why Christmas changes everything for us. Let's pray. God, we ask that you would give us boldness. Lord, that you would help us not just grow in our relationship with you, which is so important, which is everything to us, but God, help us to reach out to those in our community around us, those in our life that do not know you. Give us the boldness to, if we're not bold enough to to share the message with them, at least give us the boldness to invite them to church where they'll hear that message. God, we thank you for loving us, we thank you for dying for us. You didn't have to. We thank you for coming down to earth, born in a barn, that first Christmas day, and being an ultimate example for us. God, we thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.